to our podcast. I'm Lexi. I'm Kaylee. And this is Generations in Blooming, where we share the raw gospel of the Lord to ignite revival for every generation. Hey, everyone. Welcome to part two. Hello. So we're going to jump into it. If we jump to verse 42... This stuck out to me like a sore thumb because I thought this was absolutely amazing. It says, and if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you that person will certainly not lose their reward. Reading this amazes me because if you think about it, some adults tend to look at children as like adolescent or immature or not as equally compared um, or like less knowledgeable. But when I read this, this is him saying that children are also susceptible and sensitive to the power of God, that even these little ones can have this anointing to prophesy over others. I saw it. Saw it with Kinsley. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's cool because like when he says, even if you give a cup of cold water to these little ones who are my disciple, he says, who are my disciple? Yeah. Disciples are one who eagerly follow Jesus. And we are supposed to have childlike minds. Exactly. Childlike faith. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I just, I really had to notate that because children are not as quote, quote unquote dumb as what some adults think that they are. They are brilliant Mm -hmm. and they are born with this eagerness and this hunger for wanting to know more. They're at this clean slate where they're like a sponge absorbing. And mm-hmm. what not a better opportunity than to fill it with God's goodness. This is the God's, time. God's word. It's, I think truly the absolute, if I, the most important thing that I could teach my kids is Jesus and laying a foundation of Christ for them. That is absolutely the most important, hands yes. down. Yeah. I don't, I don't care if they don't know their ABCs, their one, two, threes. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. This is the most important. I agree. 100%. We'll jump into to, uh, chapter 11. Um, this is where Jesus and John, John the Baptist, finish kind of like talking with the disciples. But I'm going to jump down to this part where um, it kind of depicted like the characteristics and how people that see Jesus place judgment on Jesus. So, for instance... John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say he here is a glutton and drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is proved right by her deeds. I think it's funny because literally John the Baptist is one of like the purest guys that have walked mm-hmm. the face of this earth, besides Jesus, of course, and, and whatnot. But it's funny because... The way that verse 18 and 19 talk about how people accuse John of being demon-possessed, he was, like, quite the opposite. He didn't go to dinner parties. He didn't do, like, he did a lot of things in secret, but also, like, professing Jesus. And he did things like that were more so by law, if you will. But then you got Jesus coming up in here and does the complete opposite. He literally is coming to eat and coming to drink and sharing God's goodness and with the people who need it the most with Mm -hmm. tax collectors and with sinners. And these people are placing judgment that like he's a drunkard or he's, you know, hanging out with all these people, you know, 
basically like accusing Jesus of of being like the the sinners that he's surrounding himself with, but really he's he's trying to help them. He's trying to give them insight. He's trying to to heal these people that are around them. They're spiritually broken. That's who needs it. And it's just funny how they did that. Like, okay, think about this. Do you remember whenever you were younger and your friends wanted to play a game and you really didn't want to and like the game was like, you know, not fun or, you know, you just weren't appealed to it. And then mm-hmm. you were deemed like boring or like uncool. Well, I feel like this is kind of the same thing. Like people assume that because Jesus did that, it discredited his title of actually being like the son of God. Yeah. Like people were just simply looking for more excuses to just not believe. It's like children. Yes. Not getting their way in a game. 100%. Yeah. Yep. Love that. The one scripture that has to do with with Jesus and John the Baptist that really, really stuck out to me. um, And it's, I mean, it's honestly all of it, which is uh, Matthew's 11 through 18, if you want to go and read it. But um, this contains the Bible's greatest teaching on humility. Mm. And the whole picture is what we see at the various points mm. all throughout scripture. Yes. That the one who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Mm. Which is why Jesus is exalting John here because of his humility. And I want to mm. point out the scripture, uh, Matthew's eleven eleven. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women there has not risen anyone greater than john the baptist you go john yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he Mm. like it's just like it's obtainable it's possible yeah like nothing is impossible i just love it i do too if you jump down to um 27 one of the first steps is, is having a relationship with the Lord and knowing who the Father is. Um, and then once you understand who the Father is, you therefore build that relationship with Jesus because ultimately God had entrusted Jesus. So Jesus is head dude in charge. Not the heavens and earth, the rest of the things which God created and made can get past Jesus, implying that he is the only way he's saying you have a choice to make which if you follow him in verse 28 it talks about he will give you rest knowledge and relationship so i'm going to go into 28 it says come to me all who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you learn from me for i am a gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light I want to depict this real quick because in verse 28, it talks about him giving us rest. Not only is that physically, but that's like spiritually. And not only does he give us knowledge, but he also provides relationship. But when you look in 30, it says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. People can get confused or puzzled with that scripture because walking with Jesus is nothing easy. And that burden sometimes can be heavy. But what he's specifically talking about, 
it goes more in depth to this. And it's even beautiful to think about and how much so many people miss this. Jesus is giving you an invitation to put down the heavy burdens and come with him. But it also comes with the promise that you will find rest in him and a life free from unnecessary burdens. Jesus invites us to put his yoke on. That's what he means by yoke. Yoke means servitude and influence. Yoke is a choice. So when Jesus invites us to put his yoke on us, what he's asking is for us to obey the gospel and to submit God's will for over our lives. Now, his yoke is not demanding obedience, but it's through obedience that we can enter the good life he came to deliver us. Following Jesus also doesn't mean that we are released from all responsibility. Like we can't say, hey, we're not going to pay our rent this month. Uh, yeah, no. We're not going to uh, make our car payment. You know, nope, still got to still got to work. Yeah. Responsibility is like, still there. We're not going to buy food. We know that, you know, we're going to be provided for, which is true. But that's not how God intended for that to happen. Like you have to put an effort. Right. But he's also providing a lifeline. He's providing a way for us to find rest in him. If we follow him, knowing that he will provide. Um. Ultimately, Jesus is saying that, like, his yoke is a choice. But it's also a free gift, right? Um, He's saying that by choosing him is easy, but the journey won't be easy to follow Mm -hmm. him. It's never, that's not going to be easy, but it's simple, right? As we learn from him, the only way for us to really experience the light and free yoke is by letting Jesus carry our heavy burden. Absolutely. And I don't want to carry it. Heck no, techno. Like, I'm good. I don't I don't want to carry it. I don't no. want the control. No. I don't. No. No. Because the moment that we're in the driver's seat, like, we're going to be, there'll be a short time after that we will realize, like. I'm going to wreck. I am not I'm in good. control of this boat. Yep. I don't want it. There is going to be a lot of chaos. Oh, for sure there will be. And I am. And the thing is, is that God will let you go around and around in circles like a puppy dog until you get it. Until you get it. You will keep going through the same thing over and over and over again until you're like, okay, my way is not working. Nope. No, I actually had, um, I love the way that you, you touched on Matthews 11, 28 through 30. Um, it actually, it spoke out to me as well, but to kind of sum it up, it was just like, we're not alone Mm -hmm. and we don't have to be alone. Um, and to me, I just feel like this whole, this, this verse right here just brought so much warmth and peace to my heart. Kind of like that spiritual hug Mm -hmm. I was talking about, like this was it. Mm -hmm. Like I just, we were never meant to carry our burdens Mm -hmm. and My husband actually has a story of a few years back, he was working at a place and the conversation of God got brought up. And I guess there was this lady who was like, I just, I guess the one thing that like, I just never really liked about um, Christians or religious people is that they just think that they can lean on God. And Roman 
literally just sat there and smiled so big and laughed and was like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. That's it. You don't have to do it alone. You have somebody to lean on. This life is hard enough. Mm-hmm. Why, why would you not? Why would mm-hmm. you not want the creator of all living things mm-hmm. who knows your destiny, knows your path? Like, But I just loved it. Like when he told me that story, I was so freaking proud of him. Yeah. Just for like bluntly like, yeah. Yep. 100%. You know, because a lot of people don't talk about religion and stuff in the workplace. But like that's right. like... It was a moment that, like, you're, you're, you step out of that comfort zone mm-hmm. and don't conform to the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but it was, it was, it was a really cool story that I love. I love that. And it just made me think about it. His faith moves mountains for sure. It does. It does. He's awesome. And maybe that when that lady went home, maybe that she actually probably pondered over that conversation. Yeah. Maybe she's like, wow, maybe I've never seen someone that have that much faith. And It was a seed planted in yes, her for sure. Yeah, Whether, 100%. whenever God is ready to water that and, and bring that to light. But um, I have a few things in chapter 12. Um, so chapter 12 starts with Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. Um, and here we go again. Like sometimes I just I really can't with these Pharisees. I don't know. I I just commend Lord Jesus for the amount of patience he had (laughs) for these guys. Um, So verse 11, um, I I, I might need to give you all a little bit of backstory. So, yeah, let me let me back it up so that you guys understand. Um, So Matthew 12 Um, This is four. Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priest. Or haven't you read in the law that the priest on the Sabbath duty is in the temple, desecrate the Sabbath and yet are innocent i tell you that something's greater than the temple is here and here's verse seven if you had known what these words mean i desire mercy not sacrifice so i read that and i'm so sorry but i'm gonna i'm gonna back up really quick um just so you have the backstory of of why he's having this conversation with them um, at the time Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, his disciples were hungry and began to pick some of the heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. So again, it's like kind of like the Pharisees are just sitting there bullying them. You know, like they're just walking through the fields and they're hungry. Well, what they're doing is they're taking the law and they're t- like... Not necessarily twisting it, but they're, like, trying to make something out of nothing. Yes. That's it. Yeah. That's, yeah. So, Jesus is quoting Hosea here. They're just harassing them is what they're doing. Yeah. The Pharisees are harassing them. Uh, 14. Okay. So, if any of you, this is uh, verse 11. He said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And then in, four, in 14, um, okay, wait, let me back up here. Because it says, basically, Jesus is saying, 
you don't know what it means to really worship God. The Pharisees are trying, basically what Lexi just said, the, the Pharisees are trying to worship God and follow the rules, but they really had it all wrong. Jesus is insisting their job is to show mercy to the people of God instead of weighing them down with burdensome rules and regulations that went far beyond a clear reading of God's requirements in the law. These Pharisees, are they, they take it to... Why, why is one outweighing the other? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what Jesus is trying to show them here. But I just, I, I, I can't tell you how much I love the way that Jesus responds mm-hmm. to them. Because it is just like, boom, boom. Um, and then, do you have something to say with it? Yeah, I was just going to say that... Um, Jesus has said this multiple times, not Jesus, but God, there's that implication that says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Mm -hmm. We kind of just read that in the past chapter, but it's also notated in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. I I actually went back to the Old Testament because I wanted to get more of a context of what this meant, like what he was talking about when it says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. He's ultimately talking about, like, how things were done back, like, with the law. Yeah. And so I just thought that was interesting. I encourage you guys to go back and look. But it's I very love that interesting. I love the repetition of things. Right. It makes you curious to know more. But the last thing in Chapter 12 that... No, I'm sorry. There's two more things I have. But this this I thought was really interesting. I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not. Um... Matthews twelve forty, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, yep. so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Why? I've I said like that I've never... so many times, and I thought that it was, I thought that it was my own thought. Nope. And it's so funny. It's scripture. Literally, God just confirmed it. It is not my own thought. That is definitely God's thought. Yeah. That, that is God. That was, Jesus said it. And I think that's wild because that's more of like confirmation that like, you know, that God actually does talk to me. Because for a while I, <laughs> I thought that I was going crazy. No, he but does. But God does has given me very many more confirmations that I'm clearly not crazy. But out of all of this, the, the last scripture here that just really kind of, it, I just want to read it to you guys because it really stood out to me was... Um, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through a rid place seeking rest and does not find it. Mm. When it says, I will return to the house I left, when it mm. arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, mm. and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. You know what that's saying, right? It goes with a lot of things. Well, what it's, what it's typically saying is, is that when God delivers you from something, mm-hmm. do not go back into temptation with that sin. When the Lord has delivered you from something... He is going to 
take that away from you. But sometimes he does leave those desires of temptation to see what you will do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we do fall back into temptation, you know, it's talking about how our houses will be swept clean and cleaner than, you know, before they had came. But what happens is, is when you fall back into temptation, that sin that was connected to you is going to bring seven other, seven more of its other friends. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be worse off than where you were before that you didn't have before, but now you do. Yeah like soul ties, then it connects you to porn or, mm-hmm. you know, just all these other different sins that you didn't have before, but now you do. And so what God is literally telling us is be careful. But I will say, I encourage this too, because I am one who has fought addiction. Um, and you know, it's whether you're trying to fight the addiction mm-hmm. You know, that is that is a very long battle. Um, I can relate to that. Um, but even if you do slip back into it, like, mm-hmm. don't forget that God is the God of again. And yep. he has already slayed all of these unclean spirits. Yeah. So there is no, like, it, he's the God of again. All right, let's do it again. Yep. Let's do it again. Yep. You messed up? Okay. Start back at square one. You know what I mean? You might so like go don't round and round in circles, tucking your tail and yeah. doing the same thing over and over again, but don't give up. Don't give up. Keep going. You will because fight it. The enemy has already been defeated. Yeah, and you know what? The battle has ar- the battle's already been won. Especially when you have Jesus by your side. Literally your hairs are numbered on the top of your head. Yes, they are. Everything you're going through right now was designed for you. Now, ultimately, the, the, when free will comes into play, the Lord already knows what's going to happen. But it's up to us to make the decision to continue to choose him. Yep. Choose God today. That should be Anything. a slogan. Yep. Choose God if today. If it's not already a slogan. You should make it like a bumper sticker. Yes. I, w- I want one. I think I do. <laughs> I'm more of like one of those like just put a scripture and then make someone go look at that scripture. Yeah. I want one of those. Well, guys, that wraps up the end of um our segment. We're so thankful that you guys um have listened and hopefully gained knowledge and a word from the Lord. Um next week we'll be going over 13 through 16. Um so be on the lookout for our Facebook live that we do on Tuesdays at nine o'clock. And also stay tuned for our next episode. But yep. before we leave, uh Kaylee, will you praise out? I sure will. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to just come to you with nothing but thanks. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your son that you have given to us who died on the cross for our sins, Lord, that we are we are not worthy of, but yet you you so freely give forgiveness and love and you allow us to be able to enter your kingdom. And I'm just so thankful for all the blessings that you have provided for myself and Lexi and, and being able to be your servant, 
to be able to sit at your feet and to learn from you, Lord, and, and to be able to dive into your word the way that you have allowed us to do and the insight that you have given to us is it is life-changing and I, I feel so thankful and grateful for it. Lord, I pray for whoever is on the other side of this and whoever might be listening, Lord, I just pray that that you're, you touch their heart in a way that, that only you can, Lord. What Lexi and I do here, Lord, this is, this is all glory to you. And we are so forever thankful for everything that you provide for us and what you do for us. And I pray that we continuously put our trust and our faith in you, Lord, every single step of the way. You are a merciful God and you are a loving God and you are kind. And I just feel overwhelmed with thanks. And it is your heavenly Father's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. We hope you guys have an amazing day. And God bless. Amen. Y'all have an amazing day. We love you guys. Love you.